0: Our second scripture lesson comes from Judges, chapter 6, uh, verses 11 through 23. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon answered him, But sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? And where are all of his wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and given us into the hand of Midian. Then the Lord turned to him and said, "'Go in this might of yours, and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. I hereby commission you.' Gideon responded, "'But, sir, how can I deliver Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family.' The Lord said to him, "'But I will be with you, and you shall strike down the Midianites, every one of them.' Then he said to him, "'If I have found favor with you, show me a sign that it is you who speaks with me. Do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will stay until you return. So Gideon went into his house and prepared a kid and unleavened cakes from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and the broth he put in a pot and brought them to under the oak and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and unleavened cakes. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived that it was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Help me, Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear, you shall not die. This too is the word of God for the people of God. In August of 1923, President Warren Harding had a sudden heart attack and died while he was on a speaking tour in San Francisco. Like we were all taught in our third grade social studies classes, if the president dies in office, the vice president ascends to that position. In August of 1923, however, vice president Calvin Coolidge was visiting his family's home in Plymouth Notch, Vermont. The Coolidge home did not have a phone or a telegraph or even electricity. So vice president Coolidge had to be woken up by a messenger. After receiving the news, he said a prayer, got dressed, and went downstairs to address the reporters who had already gathered. At 2.37 that morning, the vice president's father, who was both a justice of the peace and a notary public, administered the oath of office to his son by the light of a kerosene lantern, and then the 30th president of the United States went back to bed. The story goes that after President Coolidge left Vermont to return to the White House, he had a telephone installed in his family's house. He would, as president, need to be reachable when he was at home, and he wouldn't want to miss a call. His father, however, did not agree, and shortly after the phone was in place, he tore it out of the wall and refused to let it be replaced. Perhaps John Coolidge felt as though there had been enough calls on the Coolidge family or perhaps he knew that our calls will find us wherever we are. Gideon's call meets him in a wine press, which isn't actually as fun as it sounds. I don't think there was actually wine involved. You see, Gideon has to thresh wheat in the wine press so that he won't be found by the Midianites. Things aren't really going that well for the people of Israel at the moment. They have been oppressed by Midian for seven years. The Midianites would move into Israelite territory and essentially lay waste to all of the crops and livestock. They would eat or destroy everything so that there was nothing left for the Israelites. Verse 5 of this chapter said that the Midianites would move through the land as thick as locusts, leaving the people of Israel impoverished. So the Israelites cry out to God for deliverance. They cry out for a new judge to come and lead them. And Gideon is working in the winepress when the angel of the Lord appears. In many ways, Gideon's call story is similar to other call stories we find in Scripture. God appears in an extraordinary way in an ordinary moment. A burning bush while you're keeping sheep, a holy whisper while you sleep in the temple, an impossibly big catch of fish after a man on the shore suggests you cast the nets out one more time, And all of those calls are for a specific role, a specific job at a specific time. And Gideon, too, is called to a particular purpose. He will be the one to deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Another common element we see in Gideon's call is the hesitance and the sense of being unworthy. But sir, how can I deliver Israel? Gideon asks. My clan is the weakest and I am the least in my family. Like Isaiah believing that he is unclean or Moses doubting his ability to speak, Gideon does not understand how he could possibly be the one to accomplish this task. So Gideon asks for a sign. If he has truly found favor with God, then he needs to see a sign. And that, that feels pretty reasonable to me. I mean, I'd love to say that if God appeared to me in a field asking me to do anything, that I would be on board immediately. Uh, but mostly, I think I would need some kind of proof and then a, a nap. Um, it did take me six solid years uh, to believe that I was being called to ordain ministry. So, But Gideon gets his reassurance, and he goes on then to lead uh, his people to victory over the Midianites. And Israel knows 40 years of peace under Gideon's leadership, so call received and well responded to. Our final screen of the summer for this scripture and screen series is the 2016 animated film Moana, which Pastor Amanda has already mentioned. Uh, It is certainly one of my favorites, and I would be lying if I said that I didn't weep every time I watched it. Um, In addition to being this classic Disney coming-of-age movie, Moana is also a story about understanding and responding to a call. The titular character is born on an island in the South Pacific. She is the daughter of the village's chief, and she is restless. While everyone else is sort of content with their place on the island, with the role they fill, Moana longs to explore, to set out on the open ocean, which, of course, her father would never allow. She also has this deep connection with the water. It calls to her and it reacts to her presence. So when she discovers that her island is sick and that that sickness has the potential to spread, she knows that she has to go. So Moana, she sets out on her own to find the demigod Maui and to restore her island. Moana hears her call, she believes in her ability, and she goes. But it wouldn't be a particularly compelling movie if her task came to her easily or if everything went her way, and it certainly does not. For one thing, Maui is not the... He's not the hero that Moana imagines him to be. Uh, uh, Maui is sort of self-centered. He's not all that interested in getting involved in Moana's quest. He has his own agenda. Maui is not with her the way she expects a deity to be. Now, I am not comparing Maui to God. I don't think that our creator is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Probably. But I think that Moana's expectations for Maui do intersect with our expectations for God and Gideon's expectations for God. It is what I think is most special about Gideon's call story. It is the thing that resonates with me the most. Gideon is told, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon's reply back is basically, yeah, right. Verse 13 says, if the Lord is with us, Why then has all of this happened to us? And where are all these wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us? The Lord has cast us off and given us into the hands of Midian. If the Lord is with us, then where is he now? I can't imagine that we have a hard time empathizing with this response. I am sure there has been a moment in your life, and quite possibly this year, where you have looked at the world and said, God is absent. Or how could God be good if this is happening? Whether it's the impossible hurdle of reversing the damage done to our planet or finding practical solutions to mass shootings or solving the inequity in our public school systems, there are problems that seem too big or like God is ignoring them. Injustices and hurts that when we hear about them, we think, if the Lord is with us, then why has all of this happened? Now, if I had an answer to this question, I would retire from ministry. I would hang it up because it digs at the root about what we believe about God, about God's goodness, God's power, God's presence in the world. But I I don't. I don't have a great answer. I don't know why bad things happen or where God is in all of this. And the angel of the Lord doesn't give an answer to Gideon either. First, I think it's worth noting that there is no rebuke or punishment for Gideon's question, nor is there one when Gideon asks for a sign of the Lord's favor. It reminds us that wrestling and doubt and questioning are all okay. It's part of being human. Second, and perhaps most importantly for this story, is the response that Gideon does receive. I imagine there's sort of being a breath, just a short pause after Gideon's question And then the Lord turns back to him and says, go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. I hereby commission you. I cannot speak for God. I cannot explain why bad things happen. But I do think that Gideon's call story gives us insight into where or into what we're supposed to do in the midst of it all. We're supposed to go, to do to be. God doesn't answer Gideon's why, but rather God's response is, this is the present. You can go and do something about it. If Gideon is looking for a solution to the Midianite oppression, he should look no further than himself. He is the one that can do something. Gideon is the change, the deliverance, the hope that he is looking for. Being called by God doesn't mean that things come easily or that things are fixed with a snap of divine fingers. It means that you have a job to do, something to offer. We are reminded by Gideon's story that God isn't in the business of fixing things for us per se, but rather we have been given everything we need to change the world, to do good. The work is ours to do, If we're looking for solutions in this broken world, we should ask if perhaps we are being called to do something. And that can feel like a lot. After Moana gets Maui on board with her mission, it only takes like two songs for them to become teammates. They take their first swing at the monster that's causing the sickness in the islands. And it does not go well. Uh, They get their behinds kicked, honestly. And when it becomes clear that they're not going to win, Maui abandons her, and Moana barely escapes. Her boat is badly damaged, and she has lost hope. The monster is too big, the fight is too hard, and she is alone. She is ready to give up and to give in to despair. And despair is a, is a seductive thing. It is powerful and effective at convincing good people to do nothing but lament. Despair gives evil an easy victory because it convinces you that you don't even need to bother putting up a fight. I've seen a lot of despair in 2022 in myself as much as anyone else. And just as Moana is ready to quit, the spirit of her beloved grandmother appears on her boat, and in song, she asks Moana if she remembers who she is. And Moana sings this. She says, who am I? I'm a girl who loves my island and a girl who loves the sea. It calls me. I'm everything that I've learned and more and still it calls me. And the call isn't out there at all. It's inside me. It's like the tide always falling and rising. I will carry you here in my heart. You'll remind me that come what may, I know the way. Her grandmother is her sign. Moana's reminder that she has always been called, always had everything that she needs, always been the one who could do something, could save her island, and that she wasn't alone. She didn't need Maui or her father's permission or any other intervention. She was the one who could respond to her call. So friends, I don't claim to be a prophet, but if like Gideon or like Moana, you are waiting for a sign that you are called, let this be it. The response to the injustices in the world, the things that break your heart, that make you furious, that you think are missing, the response is yours to give. There is no waiting for someone to come along to make things right. Gideon was waiting for God to do the work. The Israelites believed that a judge or a king would solve their problems, but we have hereby been commissioned to enact the change that we want to see in the world. Black preacher and author Lenny Duncan puts it this way in his book, Dear Church. He says, Dear Church, we are the ones that we have been waiting for. No one else is coming. You are the generation." that has been chosen for this time, for this place, this moment in human history. Stop waiting for some transformative leader to arise from the body politic or the body of Christ. It is you. Confronted by the effects of the damage that we have done to our planet and compelled by a desire for environmental justice, one member of our congregation started a green initiative in this congregation. She saw a gap in the work of the church, and rather than throw up her hands at the enormity of the problem or wait for a clergy person to get their act together, she started care. Now, the steps have been small, but work is being done. The church is actively recycling and working to make our building greener and spending time together in creation. In fact, this week, CARE led almost 40 people, ages nine months to 84 years, on an overnight hike to a sustainable lodge in North Georgia so that we could learn more about the commitment to sustainability and enjoy the woods and grow closer together as a church family. All of this because one person responded to a call. One person said yes to an issue they could no longer ignore. So what is it that you're being called to at the cusp of this new program year as we launch back into Sunday school and regular worship hours and children and youth programming? Maybe now is the time to listen to that voice inside you. Maybe now is the time to stop waiting for someone else to do it. Each of us have a call. You have a gift, a time, a life that you can offer in response to a need in our city, in our church, in our world, and all that remains is for you to respond, to stand up, and to say yes. You are hereby commissioned. Amen.